This is the Crazy Beautiful Life Podcast. I'm Bethany, but most people call me B, and I'm your host. From health and wellness, money moves, environmentalism, lifestyle design, and more, this podcast helps inspire you to live your most crazy beautiful life. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday and welcome back to the Crazy Beautiful Life podcast. I'm so excited because today is a super special day. We're going to have some unreal conversations. You guys, today we are joined by Shayna. She's a super badass girl and I've been following her for a wee while now. And I'm just super excited for all of y'all to hear what she has to say. So Shayna, welcome to the Crazy Beautiful Life podcast. How are you today? Hello. Thank you so much. I'm like all of a sudden nervous. Like it just hit me. Um, (laughs) I am very good today. Mondays are my favorite day, so I'm very good. Mondays are my absolute favorite day. Yeah, and that's why the podcast goes up on Mondays. I love it. Everyone knows. Everyone knows Mondays are my shit. Like I specifically don't give availability to my jobs on Mondays because I'm like, Mondays are my favorite day of the week and I love them. Yeah, cool. We have that in common. What'd you do so far this morning? Anything exciting? Oh yeah. Well, my my life's very uh, exciting these days. So I took my boyfriend to work and then his car is uh, getting surgery today. So I dropped her off. Then Aww. I came home and food prepped. Yeah, and then I'm talking to you. Love it. How long uh-huh. does it usually take you to do like your food prep for the week? So for me, it doesn't take me any time at all, maybe an hour, but I've uh, taken on the uh, the wife the wife life. So I also food prep for my boyfriend, and his food prep takes way longer than mine. He eats so much. Aw, that's so sweet of you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I got that out of the way this morning. But food prep is literally my favorite thing ever. I love it. See, I wish I was like that. I, I don't like meal prepping that much, but I do it anyways. But okay, I can't meal good. prep for Danny. I'm vegetarian, and I just can't. Uh, Danny's not vegetarian, and yep. I would love to be able to do that for him, but I just can't do it. I can't stomach it. Um, but yeah, so we got a lot to go over today. And I know. <laughs> Shane and I are just going to sort of let this flow as as natural as as it can be you guys know I never script my podcasts I always come up with a few general ideas of things we're going to go over Um, but we got a lot to cover so we're going to be talking about sex shaming and slut shaming and body and women supporting women and all sorts of things we're going to talk about who Shayna is what she does where she's going Um, and I just know that you guys are are going to love it Um, but before we get into all that I feel like we should quickly mention how we got in contact with each other so I'll go first I saw your video (laughs) and you can talk you can talk about that video now because I thought it was awesome my my sex shaming video yeah yeah that one that one got popular that was crazy um I literally was just like I was going through some stuff with uh, some tough conversations with my family regarding my OnlyFans and I was at the gym and I had like gotten off the phone with my mom and I had just talked to my little brother and I was just like hit with all these emotions about like like all this frustration and anger but it wasn't for towards my, my family it was towards their generation and the one before them and it was just like I suddenly just felt everything that like we were lacking in our society in terms of just acceptance and love and positivity when it came to sex and our bodies. And I just like, was like, I need to get this out. I need to get it out. And so I just like turned my camera on and I just started ranting and I'll be real with you. Like 
I turned the camera off when I was done and I, I had blacked out. Like I had completely forgotten what I had talked about. <laughs> I had cried turns out. Like it was just this, like, I just like therapy, just like vom- word vomited all over this camera and uh, people just took to it. Um, and uh, everyone really connected to it. So it was cool. And I, so I love that that's the video that brought you to my page. Cause that was a, that was a really raw and vulnerable moment for me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really good. I don't even remember how I came across it. Like I don't, someone, must have shared it. I don't know. But I came across it. And as soon as I watched that video, I was like, this girl is part of the estrogen empire. We need to have her on the podcast. Hell like yes. it just, it aligned. Like the alignment was just so friggin' real. And yeah, I honestly, I just fully slid into Shayna's DMs. I was like, Hey, I don't know you. You don't know me. I have this podcast. Let's talk. <laughs> and I got to say, as we all know, I get a lot of sliding into the DMs on a daily, and that was probably one of my favorites. <laughs> I was literally like, I don't even care. Like, I'm the type of person where, like, I am very, like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. Yes. And um, there was definitely a time where I'd be like, hmm, like, I don't know if I should DM her. But no, I was like, I got to do this right now. We got to yes. chat. Um, so yeah, then after after I slid into the DMs, we chit-chatted a wee bit, we FaceTimed yesterday uh, so we could get to know each other, and Shane and I actually realized our hometowns are super close. Yeah, small world, of course, of course. Yeah. So I actually, I used to play rugby in your hometown. Okay, that makes sense. Belleville's got a pretty decent female rugby league. Yeah, I played, uh, I played a season with Bulldogs a few summers ago when I had moved home for the summer. Um, okay. Yeah, just a small world. Such a small world, honestly. Literally so, so random, but yeah, I just knew. I was like, this is freaking perfect. Um, so bef- I guess before we chat too much, everyone needs to know who you are. So right. Shana, give us a little intro, <laughs> who you are, where you're from, what you do, and just everything. Tell us all, okay. tell us all about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, whenever I get on like calls or meetings like this and people are like, tell us a bit about you. I, I feel like my answer changes every time I do one of these. Um, so I'm just going to stick to the meat and potatoes. So my name is Shana Blanford. Um, I am originally from Manitoba. My mom and I moved to Ontario when I was young. Um, it was just my mom and I for a little bit and then she remarried. So you'll notice I talk about my mom a lot. She is my best friend. She is my rock. She's my person. Uh, we're basically the same person. She just started a little earlier than me. Um, and I am a uh, bikini competitor as well as a wellness competitor um, for the CPA, which is the Canadian Physique Alliance. So I compete in bodybuilding for those that don't know. Um, I am a personal trainer. And I am actually, I've been a personal trainer for just under 10 years now. I started when I was young. I started training people when I was like 17, 18. And I'm now, um, this is my, I'm 24. So I started young. Uh, but I'm looking to get out of fitness, actually. So um, I am going back to school in the new year for public relations. And uh, I'm looking to, you know, learn a little bit more about other parts of me and other things that I might be capable of because I've been in the fitness space for uh, a decent amount of time now. Wow. That's yeah. really cool. Can you explain the difference between like physique and bodybuilding and bikini? Because I yes. have no idea. <laughs> yes. Okay. So men's and women's bodybuilding is separated into different categories. Men's bodybuilding is separated in categories based on look and then weight women's is just based on look and then height so 
I compete in bikini. Bikini is the smallest possible bodybuilder <laughs> that you could be. Uh, they mostly want you to be lean. Uh, they care a little bit less about muscle tone and more about glutes and small waist. And um, they, they want an X-frame, but they want everything to be very small. Wellness is the next level up. It's basically a more muscular bikini. So they still want you to be small, but they want to be able to see muscle tone um, in the whole body, arms, legs, everything. Figure is the next one up from uh, wellness. And they want you to be a little bit bigger. It's a little more emphasis on what I what I call the Dorito look. So they want like big lats, like a lat spread, uh, quads, still looking for the X-frame, but a little bit more muscle. Um, bikini and wellness, their posing is very similar where you get to kind of play around with it. It's a little bit more relaxed and flirty. Uh, figure is where posing starts to get a little bit more strict and you have certain poses and you just do quarter turns. Um, after figure is... Uh, well, so it's arguable that after figures fitness, fitness is a weird category because it's only in the women's category and it involves you doing a dance routine or like what? a gymnastics routine. Yeah. So not only do they have to be shredded and pose in suits, but they also have to do a minute routine. Oh, the fitness. If you know a fitness competitor, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, they are the they are the epitome of fitness because they have to look good. They have to be hungry. And they have to do things. When, I, when I'm on stage, I'm just like, I just smile. I'm like, I'm here to look good because I have the energy to do nothing else. They have to, like, dance and, like, do handstands and back handsprings and all this shit. So fitness is where it's at. Um, and then after fitness is physique. Physique is basically as big as a woman can get without being a bodybuilder. Uh, so it's basically as muscular as you can be while still looking um, feminine. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, then there's women's bodybuilding. Some cat, uh, some federations don't have women's bodybuilding anymore, and some still do. Um, it's definitely not as popular as physique is now because physique allows for, again, that feminine look. Whereas once you get into bodybuilding, uh, femininity is a lot harder to hold on to for some competitors in that space. Mm. Okay. So are you training yeah. for anything right now? Yeah. So I'm always training. Um, I'm in an off season right now. I was supposed to compete in the summer of 2020. That obviously didn't happen. Yeah. So I uh, have been in an off season all summer and, uh, we're moving into, uh, I'm changing, I'm, I'm changing categories. I'm going from bikini to wellness. I'm trying to come in a little bit bigger. So, mm -hmm. uh, just up the ante on the off season and hoping to start prep in the new year for uh, a string of shows this spring and summer. But again, it all depends on COVID. Everything's pretty much up in the air right now. Wow. Were you yeah. training for the, or prepping for the Coburg Naturals? Because I know a lot of people were doing that one and then it got canceled. So that was the show I did in 2019. Um, but okay. no, I, uh, I, I, I did Coburg in 2019 and qualified for uh, Nationals. So wow. I was actually prepping for Nationals when COVID started. Oh my God. Yeah. So I ended up stopping that because they canceled it and they canceled it until 2021. So holy crap. And what was that yeah. like for you? Like hearing the news of the cancellation and stuff? Cause I, I know like you guys go through a lot to prep your bodies. Yes. So, so this could be a very loaded question. Um, out loud and like in the forefront of my mind, I was upset because obviously I like to have a goal and I had a plan and I do not do well when plans are changed. Yeah. Um, but looking at it now, uh, my body was in a really, um, not a good place to prep, uh, this past spring. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm really glad that the show was canceled and I was able to do what I did over the summer to kind of take a break because uh, my body was not ready to prep and I wouldn't have made that decision. So I needed the universe to make that decision for me. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that things worked out for you and you were able yeah. to sort of see some of the, some of the goods from that situation. Cause I just feel like that'd be really devastating. Like 
it, I feel like also this is from an outside looking in. When you're competing in these sorts of things, the the people who I follow at least, it seems like so much of their daily routines are structured around that, like everything they eat, how much they exercise, how much they sleep, and what is it really like, like on the on the inside being a, a competitor? It's all encompassing. You're never not. That's and and that's the the part with my my Instagram that I try to drive home is bodybuilding is not health and fitness. It is an extreme sport, and yeah. when you're getting ready for a show. Every day is completely about your diet, your training, getting ready for the show. Every day is a countdown, uh, one day closer, one day closer. And you're, it's, you're completely obsessed. Um, wow. I was lucky. Um, my show was canceled four months in advance, so I knew ahead of time. A lot of competitors like the Coburg show, they prepped all the way to two weeks out, and then it was canceled. So that was tragic because that's unfair to so many competitors that got ready. Yeah. Um, I was lucky that I was, it was canceled way ahead of time, so I already knew. Wow. So yeah. growing up, did you play, did you play sports or anything like that? Or how did you sort of get into going to school and stuff for, for health and wellness and such? So this is my favorite question because literally every person in fitness started as an athlete. I did not. Um, if you, <laughs> if you called any of my high school teachers and told them that I was a quote unquote fit person right now, they'd be like, not Shana. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I was the first kid to cry in gym class. I was picked last for dodgeball. I did not exercise. I did not fitness. I did not sport. Um, it wasn't until I, uh, I basically, I was young, I was like seventh, eighth grade, and I was just like, I don't like my body, I'm uncomfortable in it, and I went to my mother about it, and she was like, well, uh, when people are uncomfortable in their bodies, they exercise, so I started running with my mom, and uh, that I did after school, but in school, I was an arts kid, I was a drama kid, um, and uh, my parents are very health conscious, so they like taught me about like eating vegetables, and you know, like sugar, and all those things, and so like I learned pretty early on, like by the time I was in high school, I was prepping all of my food, and I uh, was getting ready for my first show by the end of the 11th grade. So I started pretty early. Mm -hmm. Wow. In grade yeah. 11, you were prepping for your first show. Yeah. yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. How many shows have you done? Do you know? Yeah. So I've actually only done two. Wow. Um, yeah. So I did my first show in 2014. Uh, so it was the end of grade 12. So it was the end of grade 11 that I was like, I want to do a show. And then I sent pictures to my now coach, and I was so small. She was like, we got to do an off season first to grow. Otherwise you're just going to disappear. So I did an off season with her for a year and then I prepped for my first show. And then after that show, uh, well, we'll talk about it more probably later on, but everything broke down. I, a lot of things went wrong and I, uh, started getting ready for my second show right after and, uh, ended up having to leave bodybuilding for three to four years. Um, wow. do all the other things first, kind of find myself. And then, uh, and then I came back in 2019. Wow. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness. Um, so just by the sounds of it, sounds like you live a pretty, pretty crazy, beautiful life. So what uh, is yeah, it, you if you had that. to pick like a few things, what about your life sort of makes each day crazy and beautiful and keeps you going? Um, so there's like a thousand things I could like little things I could point out because like to define crazy and beautiful would take us all day. Mm -hmm. So I'll go with the thing that sticks out the most for me, which is, I think the number one thing that anyone that knows me well would describe me as is I have to do everything the hardest way possible. I have to fall out of the tree and hit every branch on the way down uh, in order to learn. And I can't do anything half-assed. I have to do everything 100% my way or not at all. So what makes my life crazy and beautiful is I've, I've learned nothing but all of the hard lessons and I will continue to do things that way because that's my style. And, uh, 
it makes my life very crazy. But I, at the end of it, I think it, there's something very beautiful about learning everything through hard life lessons. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, nothing, this is so cliche, but nothing, nothing worth, worth having comes easy. So exactly. Sometimes you just got to take the bumpy road because it leads to better destinations. So throughout your time um, doing these shows and, and bodybuilding and all of these things, um, when did you sort of start to notice some of the, the different shames as associated with women's bodies and such? So I've only actually just recognized it. I, I've, I've grown a lot intellectually um, the last probably like two, three years in terms of just like self-awareness. Mm -hmm. But I've always been aware of the fact that I wasn't allowed to think I was good looking from a very early age. Um, and so I was thinking about this this morning when I was trying to explain like where this all stems from. And it goes back really far. Like I just remember I and you'll you'll connect to this because we're about the same age. We grew up in a generation where like if you thought you were pretty in school, if you came to school looking really good, you didn't get compliments. You 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 got hate from your friends. Right. And it wasn't it was it was off putting to people if you were confident it was immediately cocky like there was no such thing as like she's so confident i love that about her it was like you're either cocky or you hate yourself and if you hate yourself we love you mm -hmm. right so all the way through grade school like i my mother would tell you i struggled with friends because i just didn't hate myself like i i grew up in a home where i was taught that i'm smart and i'm fun and i'm funny and i'm pretty and i didn't doubt any of those things and when no one else none of my friends felt the same way about themselves they, it was an easy thing to to shame me for and i just realized i, I remember just thinking it was really weird in like the seventh grade like i look at myself in the mirror and be like man like i feel like i look really good today but like you couldn't go to school and say that and i just remember thinking that that was really strange and as i've gotten older and you start you know you meet boys you start now all of a sudden your whole life revolves around boys between the age of like 15 to like now and, <laughs> yeah. right like i really just started not giving a shit about boys right <laughs> and you you think about them all the time and you think about sex and like you know porn and there's like all this like hush hush conversations that you have with your friends at parties and but you can't just like talk about them and it wasn't until like this last year that i just like really was like why aren't we talking about this stuff like we're all thinking it Mm -hmm. right like why why do we think this way and then add to that you know some women in gender studies classes i took in university and college and some books i've read and you just recognize that everything kind of backs up to some form of you know sexist patriarchy right so like yeah. that's where it's it's all coming to fruition in my brain now but for the longest time it was just me under, not understanding why i couldn't think i was beautiful yeah it's also like I don't know if you're sitting in a group of people, it's really easy to fit in and say like, oh my God, like I hate my arms. And then someone else is like, oh my God, yeah, I hate my arms too. And you just sort of all bounce off of each other. Whereas you would be the odd one out if you're just like, really? I think my arms are fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, just automatically cocky. Right. You're conceited. You're self-righteous. You're full of yourself. It's yeah. just so freaking weird. It's so weird. And like even little things like um, this was, <laughs> I don't know why this is a thing for me. This is a thing for me on public transit. Okay. If you sit on a public bus, everyone tries their hardest to be as quiet as possible. Like don't make a fucking sound. Mm -hmm. Right. Why? That is so <laughs> weird. And I used to take the bus all the time to school. And like when I listen to music, I don't give a shit where I am. Like I sing, I dance, and I'd be on the bus singing along to my music and everyone's staring at me, but they're smiling because it's like, here's a 
here's there's proof of life on this bus. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> why are we all just not looking at each other and not moving? Like we're alive. There's no rule that says you can't be happy on the bus. But we yeah. all are like, don't like, don't even. Can you? Do you know what it feels? You know, if you if you ever gotten off a bus, like dropped your phone. You're sitting on a bus, you drop your phone, it makes a loud noise, and you're like, oh my god, everyone's looking at me. And you, like, reach down to get your phone. Like, no one look at me, I didn't mean to drop it, right? Why? Yeah. That's right? so, so it's like little weird. things like that. Like, why are we just so ashamed to, to be, like, out about things? I just take up space. It. Yeah, my whole life I've been too much. But I, I really, I don't think that. I think everyone is like me. They're just not yeah. like me out loud. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny, because, like, even on the subway in Toronto, like, no one speaks to each other yes. so you pre-covid times you would be sitting literally touching shoulders with someone for like a fucking hour and just nothing you would nothing. not look at each other you would not nope. say anything and nope. one day this man came and sat next to me and i thought at first you know being a woman you, you do have to have your guard up a little bit but he was just like oh what book are you reading and I was like, oh, I'm reading this book, blah, 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 blah. And we just had a conversation. And then he got off at his stop. I got off at mine. And we went along our ways. And I was like, what a concept. Like human interaction that is just like allowed to be real and take up space and just be alive. Like, and what, why have we what, lost that? What's funny about that is, okay, so the minute that he first spoke to you, for a hot second, were you like, why you're a weirdo like for a second yeah. you're like why are you talking to me and then after he left you felt really good you're like wow that was a really good conversation exactly right <laughs> like, <laughs> it's crazy it's so weird it's so weird humans are honestly so bizarre and then i've seen this meme too and it was like um the zombie apocalypse is now and it's literally people just walking down the street staring at their phones all hunched over no one's interacting with each other like uh, people think I'm weird when I like walk down the street and I'm like, hello, good morning. Like walking through my neighborhood, like, how's it yeah. going? People are Even like, smile why are they talking people. to me? Yeah. So bizarre. Okay. So my, sort of what I'm getting from you is you're, you're just a super bubbly, lively person. Um, seems like your parents have, have really, um, facilitated a space where you can take up space you can know things you can be outwards about about feeling pretty and liking the way you look and being confident uh when did you sort of start to realize that not everybody's like that um so there are always parts of my life like little little pieces of my life or like so i'll tell a quick story and then i'll jump to when it, i really it clicked for me but um <laughs> When I was little, like little, like I'm talking like kindergarten, whenever I used to go to uh, birthday parties or like family functions or gatherings of any kind, um, whenever I started talking too loud, I got too excited or I was too much, my mom would whisper a code word that we had um, in my ear and that would be my cue to be quiet. Uh, and we did that my I, my whole life. And it wasn't until I hit like grade school, like, you know, seven, eight, that my mom kind of recognized that, oh, that's a little bit traumatic for a child and I shouldn't do that anymore. And we talked about it and she apologized and we're good. But mm -hmm. it helped me really recognize from an early age that like I very quickly become very too, more than what most people expect in a moment. And then when you're in high school and you're going to like parties and, you know, your friends your friends have a way of like shaming you in a, in a, in, with words and with facial expressions and with tone that like outwardly, outwardly it's not shame. What they're saying is not shame, but it feels like it. It's almost like a, getting a backhand to the face with words by like a girl who's supposed to be your best friend. 
Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that just started happening to me a lot. And I'd go home and I'd be like, mom, I'm really upset. And I don't know why, because, because what so-and-so said to me wasn't mean, but it felt loaded. Like it felt like she meant something different. Right. And then I stopped getting invited to things and, and girls, you know, I was excluded a lot because I was just too much. And so I just learned like, that's why that's why bodybuilding was so easy for me because I spent so much time on my own that I just learned to like do things on my own and I, I got very good at being excluded mm-hmm. and I was being excluded because I was too much and then uh, jump forward to grade nine grade ten I got my first job at a restaurant and I don't know if you know the restaurant L- L- Lone Star Texas Girl yeah yeah okay yeah. so Lone Star you have to have a code you have to have a nickname right and so uh, when you get your nickname my manager at the time said to me, you pick a nickname. And he goes, and when you come to work, you are your nickname. That's your character. You are a character. And my nickname for work was Rowdy. And he's like, when you get to work, you're Rowdy. And if Shana's had a bad day, it doesn't matter. Rowdy never has a bad day. Rowdy always has a good day. And this Rowdy character, I jumped into it feet first. And I was the happiest person ever. By the time I was in the 11th grade, I was working full time and going to high school. I loved work. And I realized I loved work because work let me be as loud and obnoxious as I wanted to. And it was celebrated. Mm-hmm. Right? I did really well. I was an amazing server. I was promoted very quickly. And it was because people like that. People like the super happy, excited, loud and proud, just happy to be here person. And that's who I am naturally. But I was constantly holding that person back because I recognized she wasn't welcome in regular society. But as soon as I got to work, as soon as I was rowdy, I put on my cowboy hat and my boots. I was allowed to be who I actually was. Mm-hmm. So I worked all the time. Wow. Because I just was like, I just feel like myself here. And I felt like myself because I was allowed to be loud. <laughs> yeah. We're very similar in that sense. I was a super loud kid. I'm the youngest of four. Okay. Um, so I really needed to, to get myself out there. So I've always just been loud, proud. Um, I like to have a lot of fun. I like to dance even though I suck at it. Um, and I sort of found that similar outlet in my high school jazz band because it was okay. just like in jazz, it was so many different kids from so many different backgrounds. You know, we had a lot of jazz students were also athletes like myself. A lot of jazz students were art kids, science kids. It was just a big collection of a lot of people who were allowed to be themselves. And like we lived in the music room. We ate lunch in the music room. We went on trips across the United States and across Canada together. And we were freaking loud. There were 53 of us and it was like a herd of elephants. And we were just it was just so ingrained in us from our music teacher. Like we were allowed to take up space, no matter how much space we needed to take up, we could take that up. I played trombone. I played the shit out of that thing. I have a trombone to this day in my closet. Like, yeah, it was just like, I could be out there. Um, but then at the same time I could be out there in that sense, but I was very like there were there were so many things that I loved about myself um but as you mentioned I wasn't really allowed to love those things it was easier to fit in it was easier to chit chat with other girls if I had insecurities and the more you voice those the more they become true mm-hmm. and that's where I sort of felt like I lost connection a little bit in high school was like I was this awesome kid who did musical theater I was on stage all the time I was doing jazz, I was playing rugby, and I was allowed to take up space there. But then in terms of hanging out with 
girls and friends and guys and like I can't I can't go up to a guy and be like I have the best ass ever but I can wait for him to say that to me Mm -hmm. which is like really weird like I don't know it's just it's so weird how it's easier to fit in if you talk poorly about yourself yes when did you um, start a, start realizing that that in your life that it was easier to fit in that way? Uh, yeah. So fourth or fifth grade in the change room, and it was the first time that uh, someone had mentioned to me that my body didn't look the way that it was supposed to, and that there are things that I could be doing um, to make it look better. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being that like, like I think I was like eleven or twelve, and I was like, wait, what is it? I don't have it all going on. Like this isn't okay. And from there was when I kind of recognized that like girls, girls were judging me. Like my friends were, they were judging me and they, they, they were looking at things on my body that, that weren't right. And they were talking about it. And then that's when the self-conscious part of you becomes awake, right? Wakens up and and is, is a piece of you. And then when I started paying attention to those things and like working on them, I couldn't talk about it with my friends. Like I like wanting to talk about good things about me wasn't allowed. Yeah. And instead of, instead of choosing to do that and fit in because I have to do everything the hard way, I was like, I just won't have friends then. And I will, I will be that weird kid in class that no one wants to sit with because I don't hate myself. And so I, I did that. So it wasn't until after graduation, like high school graduation, that I was like, I wish, I wish I had have made myself smaller so that I had more friends in high school because I hated high school. I hated grade school. I hated it so much. And my sister and my brother, they're the opposite. They're both very popular. They fit in and they just flew through high school, no problems. Mm-hmm. And I just watched them do that. And I, I wished that I could have just sucked it up and just been like everybody else. So I had a great time in high school. Now looking back where I am now, I don't wish that, but right out of high school, I was like, like, it was like grade 11, grade 12. I was like, it's too late for me. I I screwed it up. Um, I could have just fit in and I chose not to. And I, I, I took the hard route, which is what I do. That is crazy that you say that you wish you had just made yourself smaller to fit in. That is crazy. And like, I, I just can't imagine feeling that way. And, and living that way. But I am glad that you say that like now you're like, I did the right thing. Yeah. And it's funny because I think about all the times that I was crying in my room and my mom would be like, Shana, high school doesn't matter. Like, you'll be fine. Trust me. And I would be like, no, you don't get it. You're old. It's different now. High school does matter. <laughs> and now I'm like, yeah, no, she was totally fucking right. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But I do remember. And like, of course, like my so if if you so my sister is a little bit younger than me she's about a year and a half younger than me and she is probably the most beautiful human specimen you'll ever see like she's ridiculously gorgeous it's 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 obnoxious how beautiful she is mm-hmm. and she had a great high school experience and i just i always carried around jealousy because i was like if i had just sucked it up if i had been a little bit less myself i could have had a great time and uh, it's a shitty way to be but yeah. uh, i do remember thinking that but not anymore yeah not that's anymore. good i'm glad we we're past <laughs> that <laughs> yes what do you think it is about just like being a woman and living a life in these bodies? Why can't we celebrate each other's bodies? Why don't we boost each other up? I think it's because so like there's a lot to unpack there. So the simplest way that I can go about it and the way that I am 
based on my generation and how I was brought up is we are very much taught that it's a competition, right? Like there's this joke about like, you know, uh, you know, here to steal your man or whatever. Like there's some sort of like ingrained competition in us that getting men's attention, right? We, we want men's attention. Mm -hmm. That means that you're beautiful or you're worth something if you get men's attention. And then you want to make sure you get, the attention before the girls around you because it's a race to the finish. You know yeah. what I mean by that? Yeah. And so for some reason it's a, we've created a competition and I don't know why I think it's because like as younger kids, like there was always like, you know, I don't know if you remember the Facebook stuff, like, like for a rate or like yeah. boys would rate you and your friends from like hottest to not hottest or like, and obviously kids suck. Like kids are the worst. They do shitty things to each other, but I genuinely think wherever that stems from carries on and we're just constantly in competition with each other like it's the same reason why like even at work like if you if you're doing well at work and you work with three other girls one of them's gonna be pissed that you're doing well yeah right just oh, because I've experienced that <laughs> exactly and it's so weird and we take that for ev- in everything in social in in everything now a little bit of competition at work is probably healthy but like in terms mm-hmm. of boys like why are we even doing that to each other mm-hmm Right? Why so is it, it so competition? Why is it so conceited like to to be like, wow, I look hot. Like why like why do we have this mindset? How can we get rid of it of just like, wow, I look hot today. Yeah, this outfit makes me look good. Like why is that just automatically perceived as like cocky and self-righteous? Like how can we get rid of this? I I I genuinely think it's from it it it's from wanting to put women in their place, right? So we have to bring it back, bring it way back to like, okay, uh, hot, being beautiful, being sexy, being desired. Sex is for, and this is me speaking in terms of like what we've been taught. Sex is for men, right? When you're in high school and you're talking to teachers or whatever about sex, no one is like, okay, ladies, this is how you have an orgasm, right? It's like, this is what happens with sex. Uh, You and a boy find each other attractive and then he gets hard and then he puts his his penis inside your vagina, which also FYI, not even the name of it, but that's a whole other conversation. Right. (laughs) And it's like, you learn how it works and that like, you know, use a condom and, you know, don't dress provocatively. Don't leave your house on it alone or walk in the dark because if a boy wants to have sex with you, he will have sex with you. Right. We're not taught that sex is a fun thing between two people that both parties get to benefit from. We're taught that sex is for boys Right. If you want boys to like just like just like uh, having a five date rule. Right. I was taught, Shane, I have a five date rule. Right. So that way you don't want to get you don't want to you don't want to let him have the milk before he buys the cow. Have you ever heard that? Did you ever anyone tell you that for some reason we have to hold sex and use sex as a way to keep boys around because that's the only reason why they want us. Mm -hmm. Right. So we can't give sex away because that's our that's our thing. That's what we've got. We've got to to hold them and and capture the man is sex. Right. So it's yeah. like, don't be too provocative. Don't be too sexy because sexy is not for you. It's for him. And you should want his attention. But when he decides you get his attention, that's allowed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So thinking that you're beautiful, thinking that you're hot, thinking that you're sexy translates in your mind to wanting to have sex. But I'm not allowed to want to have sex because you know, sex is my, my flower or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Right. And it's for, it's for boys, but I shouldn't let boys have it unless they've proven to me that they deserve it. (laughs) 
so that he doesn't get it from somewhere else or whatever. Yeah. It's just not taught to us as a thing that we're allowed to have and enjoy, right? We're not beauty. My beauty is not for me. It's for him. It's the same with the whole like wearing makeup or like tight clothes, like the dress codes at school that we talked about the other day. It was never about us. It was always about how it was affecting the boys around us. Yeah, definitely. And then because this is all a competition to see who wins the man, who wins Prince Charming at the end. If you come to school looking hot, desirable or sexy, your friends are going to notice that. And they're going to be like, uh, we're going to slut shame you so that you remember your place, which is, you know, you don't get to be beautiful and hot and sexy unless one of these boys decides so. But we want that to happen for us first. So you have to you have to look like a troll so that we look better. Yeah. Jeez. That's so true. Even like when they teach us about sex, they say like, and eventually the male will reach climax and then he will ejaculate and then sex is over. Yep, and then you'll what get the pregnant, fuck? and then you die. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even know, like, the amount of things we're not taught as women about, like, orgasms, or even, ugh, it's frightening. It's so frightening to me. Like, think about your first couple years of having sex. When mm-hmm. did you actually start liking sex versus when did you start having sex? Probably a good three years. Right. And it wasn't until you hit an age where you're like, hold on a second. Yeah. Sex is for me too. But no one told you that you had to figure that out on your own. Yeah. A hundred percent. It was like, it was figuring out on my own and like talking to my teammates who are older. Cause I played varsity rugby and my teammates who are older are like, it shouldn't be that way. Like you should really enjoy it. This should be something yes. you look forward to. You know, you're included in this. And I was kind of, I was just kind of sitting there with my older teammates, like dumbfounded, like, tell me more. <laughs> what are yeah. you, what are you talking about? Like, and Oh I, yeah. Like it's for us too. Like you can fuck on the first date. Like I find like a lot of girls who play rugby are like very confident, strong women. And that was my experience with the girls on my team on, on the varsity team. And they were just like, yeah, if you want to fuck on the first date, if you want to, then you do that. And there is no one that's going to tell you that that's right or wrong or whatever it is. Cause you don't need to keep this precious thing and then eventually unleash it for the man because you want to keep him around. Like, like what the fuck? Yeah. That was the part that like, I never understood even at like 14. I'm like, hold on a second. He's gonna, I, I can't have, I can't have sex with him so that he'll stay. <laughs> right? Like, so as soon as I give him sex, he's going to leave. That's what, and that's bad. <laughs> I'm like, but like, if he, if I give him sex and he leaves, shouldn't I just like not want him either? Like, don't you think the one that's worth it's gonna hang out regardless of what I give him or don't give him? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, right? And like, so, when I was 16, um, my first boyfriend and I, uh, the boyfriend, the boyfriend I lost my virginity to, my dad walked in on us having sex. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it gets better. Oh my so god! So my dad walked in on us having sex, and he was a Christian boy from a strong Christian family, and we ended up having a family meeting. My mom, my dad, me, his mom, his dad, and him at my house. Holy and shit! The entire meeting was them getting mad at Ben, my ex-boyfriend. And they were like, you know, like, like his parents were like, we're just disappointed. Like, we're so sorry that our son did this to your daughter. And I got so mad. I was like, Ben didn't just like make me have sex with him. It was a team effort. Like if one person's in trouble here, we're both in trouble. And my dad and his dad just didn't get it. My dad was like, no, Ben should have known better. You know, he shouldn't have taken advantage of you like that. And I was like, 
why are we approaching this like I had no say in it. Like, if I want to have sex, I'll have sex. And if I don't, if I didn't want to have sex with Ben, he would not have gotten to have sex with me. Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, no, that's not a thing. Like, both dads were like, no, if boys want to have sex with you, they'll have sex with you. And I just – and, of course, they don't mean anything by it. But that's yeah. just the generation they grew up in, right? Mm-hmm. It's the mentality. Yeah. It's the mentality that it's not, it's not us, it's them. Right. Yeah. And boys will be boys. Yeah. Boys will be boys. Uh-huh. Even like the guys in my high school who like I knew had had like multiple sexual partners. We knew about the guys more like who, you know, had lots of sex. We didn't really know about the girls. And if we did know about the girls, they were sluts because they liked having sex. Even in university, even in university. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know So so many guys on different varsity teams who just sleep around they do what they want and we didn't really know about the girls but when we did find about which girls had sex Shame. with multiple different people we were like they're a whore yeah yeah oh we're all guilty for it like me too yeah. here's the fucked up thing and i only started really thinking about this as of recently when i really came into myself as like a sexual creature and like recognizing that sex is for me too yeah was the realization that like okay if i am talking to a guy right and i hear how many kills he has like how many people he slept with if it's a high number, now this is a judgment-free zone. If it's a high number, I'm I'm like, he's probably good in bed, which makes me want to sleep with him. Yeah. But if a woman has a has a high number, she's damaged goods. Yeah. She's like loose. <laughs> right. Nobody but wants what guys, everybody's had. But in order for guys to get that street credit of sleeping with all these women. They need the sluts. They need us. Yeah. <laughs> you need us. Otherwise, you're not going to get that street credit that you need. So I remember just being like, well, that's fucked up because you need me to sleep with you for you to be cool with your friends. You should probably be a little nicer to me. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's so Let's true. make the world go round, man. <laughs> they really do. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. But it's all kept like such a big secret. I know. Like even like I would go out with teammates. They would go home with different different people, men and women alike, and there was never like a like this this is what went down. We tell each other everything. Like I'm sure you've been in a room full of women. You you tell each other a lot of fucking shit. And oh, it was always just like a yeah, we went home together. That's it. Whereas like you go into a change room with a group of guys, it's like, yeah, we went home, we did all this shit, I fucked her, yeah. blah blah blah, yep. sent her home yep. in an Uber. It's like this why is what her pussy smells like, to- all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like why do we feel the need to just be so quiet about it? Mm-hmm. Like what's going on there? Like even some of my best friends, I remember the first time I like talked about sex with some of my best friends and it had been years into our friendships. Yeah. Or even like uh, um when you like, especially if you're the first person to like be comfortable talking about it before your friends mm-hmm. and then like you say something that you like, 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 and that's, that's life's too short to pretend you're not into kinky shit. Okay. Let's just yeah. throw that out there. And if you say Everyone it in the wants wrong to be room, choked. that's right. And then girls <laughs> are like, ew, oh my God, Shayna, that's so fucked up. Why do you like that? And I'm like, have you tried it yet, sweetie? Try it. And then mm-hmm. come back and talk to me. Like, but we, it's. If guys talk, if, if, if you say that, and this is where I think guys are better at it, guys actually aren't as dirty as girls are. Yeah. I don't think, personally, in terms mm-hmm. of, like, how they talk. But, like, if I tell a guy I'm into this, this, and this, there's nothing I can say that he's going to be like, ew. Right? Yeah. Guys are down for everything. 
girls are down for everything too but for some reason we just feel the need to like pretend that we're not because like somehow we're better than that we're 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 you know my my flower is precious yeah we're classy yeah your flower's not precious we're all trashy we all are it's okay it's allowed (laughs) and like i wonder why too like more women don't say what they like well, and that's the other, because we're not taught. We don't know. Like, the amount of women my age that don't know how to have an orgasm or how an orgasm actually feels or, like, what they like in bed because they haven't been taught because boys learn how to have sex from other boys. And boys don't know what the fuck they're doing. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. And then no one's teaching girls about sex, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, my roommate and I, Mary, um, we talk about this stuff a lot because we're both kind of at the same point in our life where we're like, we're, we're learning these parts of ourselves and like, we want to talk about it. And the thing that we said, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but almost every woman that like discovers her own sexuality or like what she likes in bed or, or, or what I like to call uh, meets her, her, her goddess. Mm -hmm. Like, cause like when you're really in the, in, in it, in sex, you like, something inside you takes over, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's your goddess. Mm-hmm. When you meet your goddess, it's normally because you have what I call a sex tutor. And that is an, a, a, a guy or a girl with a little bit more experience who kind of opened up this door to you of all the things that you're allowed to want. Right. Right? Because most, like, at least that was my experience. All the guys I'd ever slept with didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know what I was doing. And then I didn't like sex because it wasn't fun. It, it hurt. It was awkward and, and uncomfortable. And it didn't last very long let's be real mm-hmm. and i was like this is bullshit like this is the this is the precious flower i was holding on to for so many years because if i didn't hold on to it jesus wouldn't love me anymore and it actually sucks yeah right and then i you know i met my sex tutor and learned all these things about myself and then looked into it started reading books and i was like oh my god we just have been taught by the wrong people the wrong things yeah and we're never we never talk teach about it, people you know. these things. Yeah, because we don't allow to talk about it. Because I can't talk about the kinky shit that I'm into. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't even know what a clitoris is or where. No, they or don't know how. Or, like, or, or like, just all the things. Yes, all the things. Or vibrators. Or, or the fact that we have three holes. Yeah. I had to tell someone that, like, three weeks ago. Oh, my God. Were they, like, were they a grown-up? Yeah, it was a group of guys, a group of guys, because someone asked me if I have to take my tampon out to pee. What the frick? (laughs) And and I was like, this is what's wrong with the world. Like, how do you not know this? We are failing. We are not teaching people what they need to know. This is why women in their 40s are getting divorced because they're recognizing they've never had an orgasm before. Like, this is the problem. Like, we need to talk about this shit. It's important. Marriages break up because sex is not good. Mm -hmm. Sex is important. Yeah. And sex is never taught as well about, like, being enjoyable or pleasurable. It's like... Or fun. Or fun. It's like, this is sex and this is how you get pregnant. That's right. That's right. What about about all the other things about it? Right. There's so much going on there that's just swept under the rug and it's never visited. No. And it's literally just taught to us as reproduction. Like, even though your teacher, while she's dead ass being like the penis goes in the vagina and the sperm goes in the fallopian tubes, you know, she's going home to her husband and like, you know, they're putting on black leather stuff and oils and all that shit. (laughs) But she's not sharing that shit with us. Like, yeah. Sex is so much more than making babies. You do it maybe three or four times, but then after that, your whole marriage is just sex for fun. Yeah. And it's not chatted about. Sex for fun is not Never. taught. 
Never. That's crazy. And like, I can imagine too, like some people who maybe didn't encounter a sex tutor. Right. At and any then, point. And this is what happens. At, like for me, especially now that I'm like this person in groups of girls, it's suddenly like a thing. They're like, okay, so we know nothing and we need you to tell us things, right? Because yeah. not everyone gets a sex tutor. And, like, people want to know. They want to talk about it. Yeah, they do. I think that's why, like, so many girls now are obsessed with, like, the podcast, like, Call Her Daddy and stuff. Yes, because like, Call Her Daddy lets us be nasty as fuck. And that's what yeah. we want. <laughs> girls are, like, learning so much from fucking Call Her Daddy. <laughs> that just, they just can't get elsewhere. It's like, we should have these conversations in For, a way more natural setting. The fact that the song WAP upset so many people was hysterical to me. Because yeah. I'm like, not a single woman in the world heard that song and was like, no, nah, I wouldn't like that. No, we'd all like that. That's exactly what we want. Like, turn down the background music, take notes, replay it. Like, that's what we want. <laughs> Oh my god, that is hilarious. You're so right. And right. like so many guys, so many old men were like, Oh, this is preposterous. And it's like, no, you know what? It's not preposterous, Albert. You just didn't know and now you're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I also think like we've in recent times, more people are talking a little bit about sex, but we have a long way to yes. go. But yes. there's a huge thing that's missing, and that is masturbation. Oh my god, girl, yes. Even no still, one talks about it. It is so no, shameful. It is. It's crazy. Now, boys can. Boys can joke about it. And the best exp- example of this is comedians. Yeah. Male comedians can talk about masturbation up, down, left, right, sideways, north, south, doesn't matter. But the minute a female comedian starts talking about masturbation, she is raunchy and trying too hard and gross. Yeah. You're totally right. <laughs> And it's just like such a shameful, quiet thing that's just never, ever, ever brought to anyone's attention. And then we have, you know, girls going into relationships and different sexual partners, male, female alike, and they just don't know anything. They don't know anything about their bodies. They don't know anything about what's going on down there, what they're into, what feels good, what doesn't. It's just, uh, it, we, we have so much work to do. And it's because of the lack of masturbation ed- education that women don't know how to have have orgasms during sex. Yeah. Right. So and then also the masturbation thing is a huge player. And I touched on this in my sex shaming video. It's a huge player into the whole reasoning why the porn industry does so well, because mm-hmm. the porn industry is basically women having sex or masturbating and liking it. And guys want to watch that shit. But because we're not allowed to talk about it in real life, real women don't masturbate just beautiful porn stars so it's there's like this weird novelty yeah but all the things that happen that happen in porn are like things that can happen in real life we just don't talk about it and so it's this like hush hush novelty Ooh, like oh my gosh look what's happening she's liking sex that's so crazy but like that should be real yeah yeah like even this uh this other podcast i listened to it's called the skinny confidential and it's okay. uh, a girl and her husband. And the very first commercial break, like as soon as you start playing the podcast, is about a vibrator. 
like an advertisement okay. for a vibrator. And I'm, li- I was literally just like in my apartment, <clears throat> bebop, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to put on this Kenny Confidential. And this advertisement comes out about a vibrator. I know my boyfriend's home, and I'm like, oh my God, I should like turn this down. Like, this is so weird, this fucking advertisement about a vibrator. Danny, my lovely boyfriend, does not give a shit. He's no. like, cool, that's awesome. But I'm like, the way that women are groomed and and brought up, we're like, oh shit, like we, we need to be quiet about that. Or like, you know, you, you sneak into a, a sex shop on your way home or you order them yes. online so no one knows about it. Yes. Like, what the fuck? Yes. Like, why does everything have to be so hush, hush, quiet, swept under the rug? Like, like what can we do Like, as women in this world and in this society to make women feel more comfortable about, you know, being confident in themselves and being confident in their sexual experiences. Like what can we do? So there's so many different things we can do. And I think being one person, being realistic, I thought about this a lot. Um, and I'm actually going to bring it right back to my, uh, public transit story, riding the bus. My thing is I am too much. I'm a lot. But my being too much gives the people around me permission to relax and be themselves. Because if there's already the crazy lady on the bus, everyone else is safe, right? As mm-hmm. long as one person's getting all the attention, everyone else can relax, right? My being too much gives people permission to be themselves. So I'm going to use that. I use that for everything, but I, I am specifically going to use that now. I'm going to talk about this stuff too much. I'm going to be too aggressive about it. I'm going to be too open about it. I'm going to I'm going to speak my mind too much and hopes that it normalizes the conversation in some way and allows people to feel more comfortable talking about it at a smaller degree. So if I can yell at the top of my lungs on social media, pat my pussy dry and talking about all that stuff, then maybe girls coming up that are younger than me will feel more comfortable coming to their parents or, or people in their life and asking them about sexual health and orgasms and, and masturbation and recognizing that their body is for them and their body's allowed to be beautiful and their body's allowed to be sexy. And it doesn't have to involve a man or a woman or a partner and it doesn't have to be bad. It can just be for them. Mm-hmm. Right. So as long as one person is obnoxious as fuck about it, it gives everyone else permission to relax a little bit more and maybe eat ease into the idea of talking about it in my opinion definitely definitely that's super powerful and i think a lot of people get stuck in that that mindset of i am only one person right but i get that a lot like especially like when i made that sex video like i I started to cry because i was just like i want to save everybody like i just want to fix this problem and i'm just one person and i'm one person with like three thousand followers like i'm a nobody and i was like how how do i fix this and i just was like as long as I start talking about it, that's as far as I can go, and, and, and I, that's what I'll do. And that's all yeah. anyone can do. Exactly. And so many people get stuck in that mindset thinking that they can't do anything. They they get in that mindset even about, like, the freaking environment, like the environmental crisis. They're like, well, I'm one person. What good am I going to do? But if one voice echoes another, that echoes another, that echoes another, if literally one person listens to our podcast today – and they go and talk to someone else about about sex and sex shaming and body shaming and trying to boost up other women. Then that person goes and tells one person and it just goes. So like if one person starts feeling more open, then then we've won. And exact. And 
that's the cool thing about social media. And that's why like, I'm very much like, I'll always be in support of social media because for all the bad and negative, there's always good. And the one example I'll give to this is that video. I got a lot of messages after that video. Cause that video, it's, I got like 10,000 views. So like more than I've ever experienced Holy in my shit. life. Yeah. I got over. I'm going to link views. it. I'll link it in the, the show notes. Cause people are going to want to watch it. And, and if everyone could, could watch it, that'd be amazing. But what was cool was the amount of, of people that, the amount of moms and dads that reached out to me saying that they recognized and they heard everything I said and that they were going to do better and that they resonated with what I had to say. Like sometimes when we post things out there and when we talk, we don't realize that people are listening. Yeah. Like when you talk, someone is listening to you, Mm -hmm. someone. And even if just one person out of 10,000 felt better about themselves, felt better about their situation change something about themselves for the better, learn something about themselves for the better, or just felt better, that's a win. Yeah. Right? And so for me, like, I posted that video, and, like, I got a lot of backlash from from family and from other people. Like, I got some negative stuff. But it was just, like, out of five negative comments, one message from a dad who's talking about how his daughter's six years old and he watched that video and he's going to do better. Like, that's, that's fucking worth it for me. Yeah. What I took away from that was, like, I can work out in a sports bra and leggings for me I can want to make my body like look better for me I can want to feel healthier for me I can enjoy sex for me um and not for any sort of partner or anyone else yes I don't need to look better at the gym for someone else to look at me and think wow she looks good on on the squat rack or wow she looks good doing cleans I can look good doing cleans because I fucking want to and like that's what I took away from that and I'm I'm one person like you know it's like there's there's so much that that people can do and I think if if we shift out of this mindset of I am one person and I I can't do much then we can just start a freaking tsunami and that's the goal that's Mm -hmm. the fucking goal we need a sex revolution and we need it now Okay, let's talk about OnlyFans. Everybody wants to know. I mean, I'm dying to know. Everyone yes. wants to know. Another thing no one talks about because it's yes. it's, shameful it's shameful and it's secretive. Like, <laughs> let's fucking go. I need to know these things. Okay, so what do you want to know? I want to know, what do you post on there? How did you get okay. started? What was your intention behind OnlyFans? Okay, cool. So, I have answered this question a lot. I love this question. <laughs> so it all starts, it all stems from, this is the great, a great segue. It all stems from everything we just talked about, right? Right. I work really hard. I've spent, I have not missed a workout in seven years. I work wow. really hard. I am always on program. My whole sport, my whole life revolves around what my body looks like, even my profession. And I'm okay with that. That's something that I've taken on. Part of that is I like to celebrate that because I put so much work into it. I like to take pictures of myself. I'm proud of my body and the way that I look because I've built it. I've put a lot of hours in, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and I'm proud of it. And I wanted to be able to post it up and and share it and be proud of it. And so, of course, I did the Instagram thing. And, of course, you get lots of positive um You get lots of positive attention when you do that. You get some negative attention from girls. But again, I've learned over the years to ignore that, right? So that stuff doesn't bother me anymore. But what I was noticing as of recently was, so my Instagram account is a business account, which means I can see um, 
out of all my followers, how many are male, how many are female. And I can see my traffic, how many male accounts versus female accounts or whatever they, you know, um, identify as are following me. So my Instagram is 87% male following. Whoa. So I started my Instagram because I wanted to, I wanted to inspire other women to be shameless and to love their bodies and to lift, uh, to not lift like the way that girls have been taught to lift. And that's a whole other conversation. But that's why I started it. And very quickly, because I'm beautiful and I have a nice body, it became soft porn. And I wasn't trying for it to be like, I'm literally posting videos of me doing workouts and yeah. in my gym clothes. And all I'm getting is thirsty DMs. And guys sending me pictures of their genitalia and comments. And like it got to the point where like over quarantine, especially uh, and, and my whole life, the, the whole time this is going on, I'm just ignoring it. Right. And like at right. parties with my friends, like we joke about it, like, oh, ha ha ha. Like how many dick pics did you get today? Like whatever. And it just becomes a part of your day. Like yeah. thirsty DMs just became a part of my day. And then over quarantine, like I started going live for my workouts and you know how when you're live, people can comment and say things to you on the screen. Yep. All it was with was guys from all over the world just saying some ratchet shit to me. And it got to the point where like girls that were following me that were on the story in order to watch the workout would message me after and be like, oh, my God, are you okay? Like, did you see some of the shit those guys were saying? And I'm like, yeah, like I get that all the time. And it was other girls being like, that's fucked up. But like also like, yeah, I got this guy saying this to me and this guy saying this to me. And I was recognizing that like I started to feel like I shouldn't post because I was getting the, I wasn't getting the attention I had intended. I was getting negative attention. I was getting sexual attention. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my parents about it. And my parents, being the people that they are from the generation they are, it's like, well, you know, just maybe just don't post the way that you post or ignore it. And so I, I took a, hi- a hiatus from Instagram for like two, two months. And it was because I was just Whoa. like, I don't want to be this person. Like, I don't, I don't want to be a sex symbol, right? right? I'm just trying to be proud of my body. But if I'm wearing a pair of shorts, and a sports bra or a a bathing suit, all of a sudden I'm a fucking porn star. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, Oh my God, I am literally choosing to not post pictures of myself that I took of myself for myself because I think I look good because I'm afraid of what men I don't know are going to say or think or turn that picture into. Right. Because a picture of me in yoga pants in the gym can be cute until a guy posts underneath it, damn, what I do to that ass. And now all of a sudden that picture's inappropriate. All of a sudden I'm a slut yeah, because some man made me a sex symbol without my permission. Right. And then the whole OnlyFans thing, it was actually, it was actually a Call Her Daddy uh, episode. They were talking about it. And the, the episode was called, If You Have an OnlyFans, You're a Slut. What the fuck? Yeah. And they were like, girl, and what they said was, Alex was like, she's like, girls, like, if you start an OnlyFans, like, rock on, do your thing. Like, girls are becoming, like, their own business women from their bedrooms, and they're making this much money. All they're doing is posting photos of them in underwear in the mirror. And they're like, but just a heads up, though, if you do have an Instagram, if you, if you have that link in your bio, you are a slut. Like, that's just, that's just what it looks like, right? And I heard that, and I was like, I have 3,000 followers on Instagram. If, I had only a thousand, only a hundred, and each one of them paid me $10 a month. That's a thousand dollars a month just to look at photos of me that I'm already posting, that I'm already getting negative attention for, that guys are already masturbating to. Why am I doing it for free? (laughs) Yeah. Why would you? 
And I chewed on it for a long time. I chewed on it for a long time. And then I brought it up to my sister, who's like very conservative. And she was like, Shayna, yes, you got to do it. Like, she's like, why the fuck not? Just see what happens. So I made the account. Now, I will tell you this. And I keep telling people this and they don't believe me. My OnlyFans is just my Instagram. It's me in bathing suits. It's me in gym clothes. It's me in underpants. And my captions are funny and ironic and hilarious because I'm funny and hilarious. Mm -hmm. It is not porn. I am not doing anything different. But what I wanted to do was on on Instagram, I'm a fitness platform. But guys were making me a sex symbol. So I'm taking the same photo from Instagram, putting it on a platform where I'm allowed to be, and I'm already expecting to be made into a sex symbol, Mm -hmm. and I'm making money first. And the point was, I was feeling dirty, and I was feeling like the point of my Instagram was being lost because men were ruining it for me. They were taking my Instagram from me. They were making it out to be something that it wasn't. Right. But... If I put it on a platform where I'm already emotionally prepared for that response, it hits different. Yeah. Suddenly it's my choice. Yeah. I am a sex symbol because I decided I was a sex symbol. Not because you did, because I did. Yeah. Now, the thing with OnlyFans is, because it was originally started for porn stars, there was an expectation. So you get messages from guys that want private videos and photos, and they want more. They want you to send them porn. Mm Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I say the same thing to every person. I say, I'm not a porn star. I don't do that. I started this for me. I post when I feel like posting, when I'm feeling myself, and I post pictures that I want to post. This is not about you. I don't do private stuff. I don't do videos. This is not for you. This is for me. If you'd like to follow along and be a part and make me feel good and give me attention when I'm feeling myself, welcome to the family. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for porn, try someone else because I don't do it. And every guy responds back, oh, my God, I love that. That's awesome. Good for you. Love it. I get more respect on my OnlyFans than I do my Instagram. And I genuinely think it's because they have to pay first. Yeah. So now I'm making money off of photos that I already would have taken and posted. And I'm actually getting nicer responses than I do on my Instagram. And because it's OnlyFans, and this is going to sound really bad, but anyone on OnlyFans is expecting it to be sexual, right? So there's no sex shaming. Yeah. So there's there's no girls in my DMs making me feel like shit because my ass is up on Instagram, right? right? I can post my ass on OnlyFans and I only get messages of appreciation. I don't get any shade. Right. Wow. So it's been really good for teaching me that like being sexy and being seen as sexy is not negative, it's not dirty, it's not bad. There's just a whole lot of there's a whole lot of people who don't know enough on one platform versus the people that are ready to talk about it on the other. Right. And you're also like going to a platform where being sexy is celebrated. Exactly. Now, being sexy is celebrated on Instagram if you are talking about body positivity. If you if you if you are not if you're not trying to be sexy, if you're like, This is my naked body in an unflattering angle with the with bad lighting or with dimples or pimples or cellulite. Being naked in that sense is allowed on Instagram. But if you're genuinely like, I feel good, I look good, this pose makes me look good, the lighting's good, I have a tan. If you have all of those things going for you and you're naked on Instagram, now you're a whore. Yeah, you're so right. Oh, my God. 
right? Unless I find a bad angle of myself and stick my belly out on Instagram and I'm like, this is the real me. Unless there's some form of shaming or negativity towards my body, I can't be naked on Instagram. Yeah. You're so right. Holy shit. I see so many, like of those posts where it's like someone like sitting, they, they, they usually do the same pose where they like hug their knees yes. and have like the rolls and the stretch marks and the scars and the pimples. And it's like, you're amazing. You're beautiful. This is amazing. But what if you did the same pose similar, but different and, you know, made yourself look super confident and made yourself bigger and took up that space and been like, shit, I look fucking hot. I am sexy. I yeah. am amazing. You're so right. You're so right. I don't think I've ever seen photos like that on Instagram. And if you do, it's normally posted by a girl who is some form of either fitness influencer mm-hmm. who, or some form of porn star or something where they've already they've already accepted the fact that they're going to get hate for being hot and that's allowed, right? But just being like a regular girl who gets good lighting and whatever, like how dare you find good lighting and a good angle and celebrate it? Like be more yeah. real. Don't use filters. Don't wear makeup. High-waisted pants are the devil because they hide muffin tops. Like, I don't know why we all want us to look like, like, you're allowed to fuck with as much as you want about your body in order to feel hot. Who cares? Yeah. Wow, that is so true. Holy shit. Oh, my God. So I'm going to be thinking about that all day when I scroll through Instagram. So that's where it came from. And, like, and I, I get that. So technically, as, like, as a, as a, as a feminist woman, technically starting the OnlyFans wasn't the feminist move, right? Because I am monopolizing on the sexism that is the shaming of women's bodies and making sexy women dirty. I'm monopolizing on it. I definitely took the, if you can't beat them, join them aspect in that. Mm -hmm. But I mostly did it for a joke in the beginning because I was like, fuck it. Like quarantine happened. I'm out of the job. I'm not making any money. Like every woman's an entrepreneur on the inside. Like, let's just see what happens. (laughs) Right. At, At the, at the very least, it'll pay my phone bill. Yeah. Right. And I can tell you that I, I have not done anything outside of what I set out to do, and I am paying my rent. Holy shit. Right? That's crazy. Like, and the reason why the reason why that's happening is because of all the shame and secrecy surrounding sex. Yeah. Right? If we didn't have shame and secrecy surrounding sex and women's bodies, I would not be paying my rent from my from my bedroom. Yeah. Just because boys want to pay to look at me yeah. and then send me messages. Yeah. Because I'm some magical creature that they know nothing about. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That's right? crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. And was your partner supportive? That's the best part about this. Yes. So when That's I cool. started the OnlyFans, so Josh and I actually broke up for a little bit over quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working through some stuff and, uh, it was a hundred percent my fault, but so we broke up, we broke up and I started it while I was single, but he actually reached out to me after. So I did make, I made a video when I first made my OnlyFans mm-hmm. that was like, let's talk about my OnlyFans. And when I first posted that video, he messaged me and he's like, Shana, I tried really hard to like be mad at you, to hate this, to be jealous, to slut shame you. He's like, and I just can't because this totally makes sense for you. And I just, I think you're hilarious and I love this about you. So he's super, he's so supportive. Actually, it would, it would, it would freak out a lot of guys. I think like he offers to take pictures for me. Um, that's awesome. He, he totally gets it. He knows why I do it. And for what he also knows that if at any point he doesn't want me to have it anymore, I'll take it down. Yeah. But 
again, he gets the pur- the purpose behind it. He's seen my feed. He knows every photo that goes up. Um, yeah. And so there's he's he's completely supportive. <laughs> More supportive awesome. than a lot of people in my life. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I. I'm super happy. I think we got through so many good things in this episode. Um, but if you could send like one message out to anyone that's listening to this right here, right now, what would you want to say? All right. And I'm going to, I've decided I'm going to coin this as my thing. Um, your vanity is welcome here. Mm-hmm. Your vanity is welcome here. You are allowed to be sexy to want to be desired. You're allowed to be whatever it is that your goddess needs you to be. You're allowed to love yourself. You're allowed to care about what you look like. You're allowed to want to spend money on things that don't matter because they make you feel good. Your vanity is welcome here. That is my purpose. That is my point. I love that. That's super, super powerful. Um, okay. So where can, where can people find you if they, they want more of you? Cause they're going to Yay. <laughs> so drop all the socials. Okay. So, uh, the main social, I don't do Facebook. I don't do Twitter. Um, I don't do TikTok. The only social is Instagram. Uh, Shana's always hungry. Shana is spelled S H E Y N E. And then S always hungry. Um, if you go to that page, you'll also see my spam page where I call out, uh, all the ranched horrible messages I get from boys on my Instagram. That's oh my called they say chivalry is always, they say chivalry's dead. That links in my in my bio. Um, and if I could drop a nugget, I am currently in the works of starting my own podcast. Um, it'll be up probably within the month. Uh, I'm filming episodes, learning how to edit. I don't want to like launch it until I've got a couple stuff ready to be posted. Yeah. Um, but so stay tuned for that. That will be the pumpkin seeds podcast. Oh uh, my God. That's soon. so cute. Thank you. Oh, I and love if, that. If we go back to the story I told, uh, the code word that my mom used, uh, when I'm being too much was pumpkin seeds. Oh my so that's God. The name. Yeah, that is so special. Holy <laughs> shit. You. Well, I'm going to be listening to that podcast. I can't Yay. wait for it to launch. I'm going to be watching your Instagram like a fucking hawk. <laughs> You're going to have to be a guest, too. So be ready. We're going to be back. <laughs> yeah, so, guys, please follow Shayna on Instagram. You you need to see her content. You need to watch her rant videos. You need to stay in touch <laughs> because you're a force. You are just such a freaking force. And I can't wait because I think your podcast is going to be sick. And your page is definitely going to keep growing because those videos are getting people's attention. They got mine. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. You don't know how much that means to hear, B. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. You take care. Thank you so much for coming on The Crazy Beautiful Life. And enjoy your Monday. Enjoy your week. Oh, my God. You also. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to The Crazy Beautiful Life. If you'd like to leave me an Apple Podcast review, I would really appreciate it. And make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. I'll see you all next Monday. It is a beautiful life.